Cut the music. Cut the music. I am in a very bad mood today. I'm also in a very good mood today. I'll tell you why in a second. First off, welcome to what episode is this? I forget. Is it 30? Is it 31? I think it's 31. We'll go with 31. Could be 32. Welcome to episode 31 of Sports Bar Talk, where we got the best seat in the house. 31. That's a lot. Like I said, I am in a very bad mood today. A very bad mood. And here's why. So, yesterday, this spurs back actually to uh, Tuesday night when the Houston Rockets played the Lakers. The Lakers blew them out. James Harden, who I think it's been well documented ever since the bubble wrapped up and we were in the offseason, he's wanted out of Houston. He's wanted to trade and he's wanted to go play with his buddies in Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And so then uh, Lakers got blown out, and it sounded like Harden was, like, signal in the press conference, he said, I just don't know how I can make this work with this team, with these guys. Uh, That's what he had said, basically. I'm not going to pull the exact quote up. And, by the way, before I begin, forgive me if it gets a little loud. This just, I, it's been on my mind. It's made me, I'm not even a Nets fan, and this trade made me angry. Just made me angry because there are a lot of life lessons we can pull from this as well. That just it made me angry, made me angry. So then there was talks about Harden. You know when he made that quote. Now the trade talks are escalating. Um, from the Rockets to reaching out, Harden gave like seven or eight teams, but he said the two I'd prefer the most are the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. And so, like all day, we were there was speculation, is the deal going to be done today? Is the deal going to be done? And so, I forget what time, it was It was right around the time, uh, the, at the whatever time the big event happened on Capitol Hill happened, like when the vote actually passed, is when this trade mega trade happened. Four teams involved in the deal. I'll set the trade up real quick. So the Brooklyn Nets in the trade acquired, and I'll tell you why this is a bad trade in a second for the Nets. But first, let me give you the whole trade and whatnot. So the Nets in the deal acquired James Harden, and they also got a second round pick in the 2024 draft from the Cavaliers. The Rockets get Don- in the deal, got Dante Exum from Cleveland, and from the Nets, Rodion's Kuroots. The Rockets also got Brooklyn's free, unprotected first-round picks, 2022, 2024, and 2026. And then the deal, they had pick swaps in 20, 2021, that's this year, 2023, 2025, and 2027. They also get Milwaukee's 
2022 first round pick that was also from the Cavs. The Cavs in the deal got Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Karis Levert was sent to the Rockets, but then this get this got crazy. The Rockets sent Levert to the Pacers in exchange for Victor Oladipo. And that, that one shocked me because it sounded like Oladipo wanted to be a Pacer for life. You know, he went to school at Indiana. I mean, but this is a bad trade for the Nets. And I got a cup. I got, I was, I couldn't sleep last night. I, this trade bothered me for the rest of the day. First off, let's start with the basketball side of things. I think this trade makes the Nets worse. For starters, they they were one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And they just traded away their best defender and on the team by far in Jared Allen. If you watch Nets games, he was their guy who would be at the rim to stuff the block shots. It just it's sad. I mean the Nets it's and then Karis Levert was your second best player on the team on offense. And I think he could have really shined. I think he actually made the Nets better. And here we have Allen goes to the Cavs, where the Cavs have a load of big men, by the way. They got Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, and now Jared Allen. I hope Jared Allen doesn't sit. I hope he starts. It's And you got Kyrie Irving. I bet he comes back now. I bet he comes back. He's been, he left the team, went and broke COVID protocol and went to his, it was either his sister or his dad's birthday party, maskless party. And then when his team was playing a, their game against the Nuggets, he was at a uh, fundraiser on Zoom, on Zoom, for I guess someone running for public office and I don't know who it was, where it was, probably a it was either in Brooklyn or around his hometown of West Orange, New Jersey. Uh, and then the Nets trade away all these picks. So, and there's a good chance this won't work out between Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. You traded away your future. So if this doesn't work, so at some point the Nets are going to go back to what we knew them as, a 20-win crappy basketball team. I hope I'm wrong when I say that, because I love the Nets, watching them. Not a Nets fan, but I love watching them. It just... It's sad, man. It's sad. James Harden... Basically, winds his way out. Throws a temper tantrum. And gets his way. Now gets the coward's way. And also, for James Harden, this is the coward's way out of getting a, a free NBA championship ring. It's the coward's way out. You want to win an easy ring? Go join a super team. It's the coward's way out. Whatever happened to winning rings the hard way? And actually working for it. You might as well put the Nets in the NBA Finals. They'll come out the East. Like, why are we even playing the games? When we already know what's going to happen. The NBA has gotten too predictable. 
We had this for four years with the Cavs and Golden State. We caught a break on the east side two years ago when the Raptors made it. Last year was the best year in terms of competitive balance. I want to talk about competitive balance in a bit because this will also tie into the college football. But... I don't, and, and also, what are we teaching kids? There are a lot of young kids that are look up to these NBA stars. James Harden. And you know what this t- this probably tells him? It's okay to throw a temper tantrum because it will help you get what you want. That's the life lesson component I talked about it. It's a, we're tell are we what are we teaching kids? It's okay to throw temper tantrums? Unbelievable. Earn your ring the hard way. NBA James Harden lost my respect last night. Now, talk about the NBA and this also affects, you know, the guys in the trade, the other guys. Forget Harden. These guys got to pack up and move to another city and move their families and find a new school for their kids. It's always a hard thing to do, but now we're also in a global pandemic. I don't know if these players that ask out and get what they want, I don't think they think about the other players and their families. I don't ever think they think about it. It just it, It's bad. So we have... We're, I, I, can't, I keep going back to we're teaching kids that it's okay to, to act out and throw a temper tantrum and be a jerk. Because you'll get your way if you do that, apparently. It just it's, it just sends a bad message to the kids. Sends a real bad message. Now, NBA has a competitive balance issue. This will also tie into the college football playoff national title where Alabama smoked Ohio State, sadly. I'm a Buckeye fan. These two sports, my eyes have opened. They have major competitive balance issues, both sports. One, it could easily be a simple fix. The commissioner can make the playoffs just 1 through 16 seeding, no conferences, or he could veto a lot of these trades that happen. Like, he could have vetoed this trade. But Harden on the Nets brings in more money for the league. It's all about money and capitalism. That's all it is. College football, I don't, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the fix the competitive balance issue in college football is, uh, let's expand the playoffs to eight teams. I don't think it fixes it. Because every year, you know, you'll still have Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State will make, two of those three will make the title game, it seems like. It's just, it's so predictable. Every year, it seems like it'll be Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, maybe Notre Dame, and then a fight for the fourth team. It just seems that way. Also, Texas A&M was the fourth best team in the country. Cincinnati was the fourth best team in the country. And based on their record, they went undefeated. And they played a Georgia team very tough and really should have won that game. They had terrible clock management in the Peach Bowl. But... College football and the NBA have major competitive balance issues. And to go back to vetoing trades, Adam Silver should have vetoed this trade yesterday. Back in 2011, 
when I think it was the Hornets at the time. They're now the Pelicans. They were in New Orleans. They were the New Orleans Hornets. They had a deal to trade Chris Paul to the Lakers. It was going to put him, Kobe, and Pau Gasol on the team. And at the time, it seemed like they'd be unstoppable. This was LeBron's first season in Miami, too, I believe. Or his second. I forget which. And David Stern vetoed the trade because he wanted competitive balance. That veto rule, I think, is there for competitive balance issues. Adam, why do we, if Adam Silver's not going to use it for a trade like this, then why are we even, then why is the veto trade rule even there? Enough basketball. Enough basketball. That just, I couldn't wait. When that trade went down, I, I almost thought about taping a special episode to air my grievances then. But I waited, and boy, I couldn't wait to unleash the hammer. So, thank you. That was like therapy. The reason I'm happy, I literally just found out. The Steelers have parted ways with offensive coordinator Randy Fickner. Hallelujah! No more running quick screens on third and seven. And fourth and two running fullback dives. I love it. I love it. Where was this three years ago after the Jacksonville game, to be honest? <laughs> oh, man. So the Steelers... If you watch the Steelers, you'll know. In my opinion, it wasn't Ben who was the problem with his arm. Everyone's calling for Ben to retire. And I don't think Ben was the problem. I think Fiekner was the problem with these play calls. Because Ben can still air it out. Now, maybe it takes a quarter and a half to warm up for it, his arm to, for his arm to warm up. And, uh... But he still airs it out deep. I mean, I think... I think Ben, this will be Ben's last year coming up. Uh, and I think what the Steelers need to do, and we'll get into the picks in a second for divisional round weekend. I think what the Steelers need to do is, in the in the draft, you got to draft a quarterback. I would love to see them trade up. Maybe to get Kyle Trask or somebody, the kid from Florida. Maybe Mac Jones. Uh... I don't know. Mac Jones reminds me. I think Mac Jones would be perfect in New England, actually. I don't know if we'd get Mac Jones. I'm hearing talks we might get Najee Harris, the running back, who really sh should have won most outstanding player in in the uh, title game. Reminds me a lot of Derrick Henry, but it's not about. And I think you get a quarterback in the draft or maybe free agency, but I don't like the free agent class of quarterbacks this year. Uh... And do what the Chiefs did a couple, three or four years ago when Mahomes, when they drafted Mahomes, let Mahomes play second string, you know, learn behind a veteran quarterback and Alex, and in this case it was Alex Smith, and go from there. And then Ben retires and go, and then whoever's the next quarterback, give them the keys to the Ferrari and let him ride. Um, I think, and we'll see. It sounds like Tomlin's staying. I think the offensive coordinator signing is going to be big. Whoever comes in as OC won't be a focus for Ben as much. It'll be more of a focus for maybe who they want as the next guy. If they bring in a guy who likes to run the ball and maybe do mobile quarterback stuff like Lamar Jackson, maybe we'll see a mobile quarterback like, who knows, Cam Newton or somebody. So we'll see. 
Let's get on to the picks, though. Uh, our lines brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're not sponsored by them. I just love to give you the point spread, the over-under, just so we get a feeling it could be a shootout potentially, maybe not. Um, normally, shootout conditions are if the over-under is at least 50 or 49. So, for this... and. We're not going in order of the games I find most intriguing. We're going in the order of when the games actually play. Okay, all times Eastern. Here we go. First game at 4.35 on your local Fox station. The LA Rams take on the travel to the frozen tundra to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Before we get into the, to the games and whatnot... By the way, Nickelodeon, if you watch the Bears and Saints broadcast on Nickelodeon, such a great broadcast. I had more of, normally I try not to miss a game that Nance and Romo are calling, but I made an exception, and the Nickelodeon broadcast was fun. And for those of you that don't understand football, it would have been the perfect broadcast as an introduction. You had young Sheldon explaining penalties. What, like, what a false start is. It was beautiful, man. I loved it. Uh, best idea that Viacom CBS came up with. I don't know if it was their idea, if it was the NFL's idea, because Viacom CB and, and CBS, I think, are under the same corporate partner, Viacom. So it was just a great idea. Um, it was well executed. You know, you had a young play-by-play announcer, Noah Eagle, so he could kind of keep in with the references. Nate Burleson, who's amplifies swag. And I forget the name of the other color commentator. It was she was a Nickelodeon star, and then sideline reporter Lex Lumpkins, who does a tremendous Denzel Washington and also a tremendous Barack Obama impersonation. Very, it was very nice. It was a very fun broadcast. Whenever someone scored a touchdown, the slime cannons would go off in the end zone, and they had a SpongeBob's face in between the goalposts, and they said he just has to hit SpongeBob to make the extra point or the field goal. It was a fun broadcast. They could bring it back for the Super Bowl. I'm, my sources tell me it won't happen just because of the space and the pandemic at Raymond James Stadium. But they very well could. I mean, what a great way to introduce kids to football. And, quite frankly, some people who don't understand football. Um, like some of my friends who don't watch football daily or don't know what the rules are. It'd be Sit them down watch the game on Nickelodeon because Noah was explaining the penalties, the tight ends and whatnot. Uh, Nate was making, Nate was making references, you know, to, like, Nickelodeon shows. It was great. But back to the picks. So, Nickelodeon, great job. I hope, I think we'll definitely see it again. It sounds like they're talking about doing another one. I'd also love to see it potentially for other sports. CBS also has some March Madness. Maybe they do one for March Madness. We'll see. I don't know what the NCAA rules are on that for player likeness and whatnot. We'll see. Alright, Rams and Packers. The Rams are 6.5 point dogs. The over-under right now set at 45.5. I'm not going to spend too much time on this game because I'm already kind of running short on time. The Rams. They shocked when they beat the Seahawks. They shocked me. I didn't think even with Goff in the game, they wouldn't win. But of course, John Wofford, you know, got tickets taken out first quarter, first five minutes. Had to get taken to the hospital for a collarbone injury. They just took him to the hospital as a precaution. Nothing too bad. He was actually back. They sent him back, and he was able to celebrate with his teammates at the end of the game. 
So there was nothing serious there. But what's go- what went on with Seattle? It seemed like after the long overtime game against Arizona back in end of October, beginning of November, it just seemed like they weren't the same football team. So I don't know what happened to them, but I mean they're gonna have to get a better defense on us, some defensive guys. And I know the uh, they parted ways, I believe, with their offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. I don't know if he was much of the problem. Maybe he just left so he could try and pursue. A head coaching gig. I don't think any teams have requested inter- interviews with him. We'll see. Um, definitely see. But I do believe you got to wonder. Can Russ still let it cook? I think he can. We'll see. Next season will be very big. And who they bring in in the offseason will be huge as well. Definitely. But the Packers. Number one seed. Aaron Rodgers has always talked about how he's always wanted to be the number one seed. You know, the road to the NFC is going to go through Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. So, I can't wait to see what this game will be like. Um, You know, Rod, Rod, the Devontae Adams, the corner for the Rams, going to be matched up against Devontae Adams. That should be a fun matchup. Um, I think the Packers win because, you know, even though it's not going to be full capacity the loud screaming fans at Lambeau, the chilliness and the snow and, you know, just winter football in Green Bay be too much, I think. Um, I think the Packers win, and I also think they cover. I just don't think the Rams are ready. And who's going to start a quarterback? McVay hasn't told us yet. Will it be Wofford? Will they say, let's give Wofford one more chance, or will it be the young, experience, the experienced Jared Goff? I don't know. I think the Packers win, but I think they cover easily. All right. So that's on your local Fox station, 435. At 8.15, switch the channel over to your local NBC station for the Baltimore Ravens. And Lamar Jackson, he got, he got over the hump and he got his first playoff win. Way to go, Lamar. The Baltimore Ravens travel to Buffalo to take on Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the Buffalo Bills. Right now, the Bills come in two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the over-under is set at 50. This, I can't wait to watch. Because Lamar, you know, now that he's got that playoff win, now he's he's probably getting a little mojo going. He had one of the best touchdown runs I've ever seen against Tennessee, and I, you know it was a really good play or a touchdown run when my mother comments on it and says that was a good run. Um, so, you, Lamar got that going for him. We'll see what they got to do at wide receiver. Willie Sneed, it sounds like this is a running offense. Mark Andrews is Lamar's top target, but he also will have Des Bryant, Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, um, fullback Patrick Ricard. And the, the Ravens against the Titans ran a lot. The one drive, they took up, like, a lot of clock. They were used doing just runs with Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar. And on the times they ran it, they just ran dump-down checkdowns to uh, the fullback, Patrick Ricard. Then on Buffalo's side, they finally get their first playoff win in, like, 25 years or something. Uh, Josh Allen against the Colts. Josh Allen is... A lot of people think Buffalo can actually beat Kansas City now. Now they're finally getting in check and in a click. 
You know, they're clicking on all cylinders. Their defense is a little bit of a problem, though. Allen has one of the best wide receivers in the league, and Stephon Diggs. He's got Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, the tight end situation, two great tight ends, and Tyler Croft and Dawson Knox. Defensive side of the ball, they have a good secondary, Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer. Um, they also have Matt Milano. I, you know, fun fact, I thought Matt Milano went to Penn State. I looked it up. He went to Boston College. I was a little disappointed. I thought we'd have a, get a Penn State reference in here. But we will here in a second. Uh, I like the Ravens. And essentially in Vegas, two and a half is like a pick em game right now. Almost. Or when you get to that point range. So I think there's a good chance the Ravens win. And they, if the Ravens win, they're the underdogs. So they wouldn't cover anyway. Um, because if they're the underdogs and they win, they, they also would technically cover. So, I like the Ravens. So, Packers and Ravens. I think the Ravens go to the AFC Championship game, as well as the Packers. Alright, then we move to Sunday, and at 305 on your local CBS station, with Nance and Romo on the call, the Cleveland Browns, fresh off the shocker that made me sad on Sunday night. We'll go to Kansas City to take on Big Play Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and I could go on and on. And the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, the Browns are 10-point underdogs, and the over-under is set at 57. And Mahomes. You know, this will be Mahomes' first start in like a month, I believe, because... No, three weeks. Because he, they, they sat him out week 17 because they already had the number one seed clinch. No reason to risk another big injury going into the playoffs. But like we sometimes see in the league, and this didn't really affect the Chiefs that much last year or even two years ago, you know, sometimes the buys hurt because you have rust. And maybe the other team coming in off of playing a game the week before, maybe they their legs are more fresh. Kind of applied to the Chiefs last year. You know, they went down 21 nothing against the Texans, but then they stormed all the way back. Um, we'll see. Cleveland has a chance in this game, I think, to hit the backdoor cover. I don't think the Browns will win. But they looked very good without their coach on Sunday. I mean, Nick Chubb caught a, is not really known as a receiving back, but he caught a screen pass for a touchdown. Baker Mayfield literally... Before 20 minutes before the game started, went and shook and introduced himself to an O-lineman he had never met before. He was going to be like the starting left guard in the game. Are you kidding me? Wow. I mean, the Browns, and now the Browns, they get their, they're going to be fully healthy. Stefanski rejoined the team today. Uh, their secondary's coming back. Denzel Ward's back from the COVID list. So the Browns, man, the Browns, as Juju said, the Browns are the Browns, but I'll add to that. The Browns are the Browns, and they're getting scary for next season. Kansas City, I think, will still win the game. I think the Browns cover, though. I think they'll cover the spread, which means they lost. They can lose the game, but they can't lose by more than 10 points. So, there you have it. Chiefs win. Browns don't cover. So, if you're keeping track at home, my theoretical AFC championship game would be Lamar versus Mahomes. We saw it once this year, and the Chiefs blew them out. But the other two times they've played, they've been really, they've been fun games to watch. All right, and then the last game. So, Fox bookends 
divisional weekend. They get the first game on divisional weekend, and they get the last game. So, and the Chiefs beat the Browns. You'll switch on over to your local Fox station with Buck and Aikman on the call for Breeze versus Brady round three. And perhaps the last time ever. It sounds like Drew Breeze might retire. Likely to retire. Let me get my take on this real quick. I don't think Breeze will retire unless they lose, They win the Super Bowl. Now, I know Breeze already has a job lined up. He's going to be working at NBC Sports. What he does there, if he'll start in the Football Night in America studio, I that's what I would assume he would do. He would do that and then also call and do Notre Dame games. Or do they throw him in a Freeman booth with Collinsworth and have him run on Sunday Night Football? Throw yourself in the deep end. I think they'd send. I think the wise choice would be throw him to Notre Dame. But he has a gig lined up. Whenever he retires, he can go to NBC uh, and help on their football coverage. So, by the way, Bucks right now three point underdogs. The over under set at fifty one and a half. And the first two te- times these two teams played. They weren't very fun games. You know, the Saints absolutely blew out the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, I think, only had three points the whole night. I was that game surprised me. Um But I think it was that that was the turning point because the Bucks offense is clicking. Now, they almost blew a double digit lead to the Washington football team. Their defense, they need to get some upgrades of defense in the offseason. The offense is finally clicking. Brady, you know, he's throwing it to Mike Evans. Gronk, Antonio Brown, and Penn State alumni, Chris Godwin. And running back situation. They got Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. But the Saints, it looks like they're finally clicking. And they got a playoff win. So, looks like they're going to be... How will the Saints, by the way... The Saints don't win it. What, what, how is, what wacky way will cause them to lose in the playoffs this year? Three years ago, the Minneapolis Miracle... Two years ago, the uh, pass interference that wasn't called. And also you have the then losing in overtime to the Vikings uh, in your own building. So what wacky way would the Saints lose if they lost this game? I don't know. It's Tom Brady... They're coming into the Superdome, and now there's going to be fans in the stands. When they first played, there wasn't fans. I think there's, like, a limited capacity. It might just be friends and family. I don't know. Um, but I like I like the Bucks in this game. I think Brady's going to be more motivated. Now, if this is Breeze is set, now, if Breeze is truly set on whatever happens this year, I'm going to be done. I'll, I'll retire regardless. Maybe Breeze will be the more motivated one, but... I like. I think it's going to be a high-scoring shootout. I think this definitely hits the over of 51.5. I like the Buccaneers, and I don't think they cover. I think, well, I think they do. Um, I think the Bucks win, and they cover. So, my theoretical championship weekend picks will be the NFC championship game would be the Packers and the Buccaneers. We'd get Brady versus Rodgers, and we'd get Lamar versus Mahomes on the other side. Of the football. And actually, if the Bucks win this game, I think the Bucks are in a great position to win because, you know, Antonio Brown, uh, Gronk, and Brady all have experience playing in cold weather. So might Chris Godwin. I mean, it's Penn State days. So it'll be interesting. Be interesting. Food of the week. 
I hadn't really thought about a food of the week. But I'm going to tie this in. We're going to do the restaurant of the week theme. I'm going to tie this in to James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets. I'm talking about Patsy's Pizzeria. Right across the street from the Barclays Center where the Nets play ball. It's over on 450 Dean Street in Brooklyn. They have some of the best pizza I've ever had. When I was in sports broadcasting camp back in 2017, we toured the Barclays Center and we went there. They have got they've got deep fried rice balls. Those were amazing. Um, when I went with my parents, took my parents there. Those were amazing. I forget what they're called though on the menu. I just call them deep fried rice balls. Amazing. They they have. They have really good pizza. Um, the margarita pizza is very good. The original pizza is very good. They also, you know, it's like a traditional Italian restaurant. You can get, uh, you can get subs. It's only subs are only available for lunch only though. You can't get them at dinner. You know, you got you get you got your pasta. Um, you can get an entree of chicken parmesan. Um, and then for dessert, you know, New York desserts. Brooklyn style cheesecake. Oh my goodness. Tiramisu, cannoli. Oh my. Oh, here we go. So the rice balls are called souple, souple, something like that. Free rice balls with Fontina cheese. They were amazing the time I had them. Anyway, time to wrap up the episode. The music can start playing now. Stay safe. Wear a mask. And don't look up to James Harden as your idol because. Well, temper t- he thinks temper tantrums are okay to get what you want. This is Sports Bar Talk, where we got the best seat in the house. See y'all next week.